Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Monday, November 29th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. It's been a rough start for officials trying to sign up Missouri residents for health care under Medicaid expansion. The first day it looked like nobody knew they were eligible, nobody knew to ask for it. And to be quite honest, we were unsure as to how to go about helping them apply. We'll examine the slow enrollment for Medicaid expansion in Missouri in just a few minutes. Some Missouri lawmakers are questioning who has the authority to issue vaccine mandates like the executive order from the Biden administration requiring COVID-19 vaccinations or testing for businesses with more than 100 workers. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, those questions come as the federal regulation makes its way through the court system. Some organizations or businesses, such as the Missouri Chamber of Commerce, are against the federal requirement, but are in favor of allowing private businesses to create their own vaccination mandates. Senator Holly Rader, who represents part of Southeast Missouri, is one of six senators who signed a letter opposing the issuance of any such order, even from private businesses. She says she's heard from constituents who are genuinely afraid of getting the shot. Some people are just really in fear of that they're having to choose between what they think could be their life or their job. Rader is also in favor of people who are fined for not getting the vaccine becoming eligible for unemployment benefits. I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Rader made those comments on Politically Speaking. The episode is posted at stlpr.org. Nearly 190,000 Illinois children, ages 5 through 11, have already received their COVID-19 vaccine in the three weeks that it has been available. Hannah Meisel has more. Already, 17% of kids in Illinois' elementary school-aged population have gotten Pfizer's COVID vaccine. That's a faster clip compared with any other age group's vaccine uptake in the weeks following emergency use authorization. Nearly two-thirds of Illinois' close to one million teens have gotten at least one vaccine dose after being eligible for COVID shots since the spring. While COVID is far less deadly in kids and teens, Illinoisans under 20 years old have been testing positive for COVID at a higher rate than any other age group for most of the last three months. That coincides with kids going back to school. Currently, the state's health department is reporting 170 school-related COVID outbreaks, most of which stem from classroom exposure. I'm Hannah Meisel. Changes at Metro Transit begin today as the company copes with a driver shortage. Six bus routes are being suspended, and there is reduced service on roughly 30 other lines. By State Development President and CEO Toby Roach told St. Louis Public Radio this month that the pandemic is making it more difficult to keep workers. The agency has lost about 115 bus operators and 35 mechanics during the outbreak. A $250,000 grant from the Land and Water Conservation Fund will help basketball return to Tower Grove Park. The park had courts until the late 90s. They were removed because concrete deteriorated. A 2017 master plan called for the courts to be replaced. Tower Grove Park Executive Director Bill Reininger says designers put a lot of thought into making sure the courts match the park's Victorian architecture. We'll have a stack stone seating walls along uh, part of the courts for for people to utilize. So instead of, you know, aluminum benches, uh, which would be, you know, would give you that typical park feel. 
He says the courts could be ready in the next year and a half. The city is also working on plans for basketball in Forest Park, and those courts could be ready by 2023. The University of Missouri Board of Curators has approved four construction projects on the Missouri S&T campus in Rolla. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports. The most visible of the four projects will be two arrival plazas that will help create a new front entrance to campus off of Interstate 44. Fred Stone is the director of space management at S&T. He says the university needs to give a good first impression. You know, improving the university's reputation, I think, is in everyone's best interest because, again, it helps us stay at a sustainable level of enrollment, but it can also, again, help us grow our enrollment and give us opportunities that we don't have today. The other approved projects include a geothermal energy plant for the new student lab and the beginning of what will eventually become a manufacturing development center. All of the projects will be paid for with private donations. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri has finally expanded eligibility for Medicaid, allowing hundreds of thousands more residents to sign up for the public health care program. But weeks after the expansion was enacted, enrollment is barely at a trickle. Advocates say the state is doing little to help. Alex Smith reports. In the lobby of the Samuel U. Rogers Health Center Safety Net Clinic in northeast Kansas City, Missouri, Jim Torres offers what should be an easy sell. For patients passing through to doctor's appointments, Torres wants to sign them up for expanded Medicaid, no strings attached. But he got off to a rough start. The first day it looked like nobody knew they were eligible, nobody knew to ask for it. And to be quite honest, we were unsure as to how to go about helping them apply. After years of opposition by Republican lawmakers, Missouri's Medicaid expansion finally passed through a ballot measure. But it still took a lawsuit and a court order before the state agreed to enact it. Since the start of October, Medicaid has been available to anyone in the state who makes up to 138 percent of the federal poverty level. For an individual, that's about $18,000 per year. As of mid-November, however, only about 16,000 people had actually been enrolled. That's not a big surprise to Washington University healthcare economist Timothy McBride. He's one of the leading experts on Missouri Medicaid. You know, when I go around and a lot of people know that I know about expansion, people say, has that started yet? By providing coverage for around a quarter of a million people, Medicaid expansion would reduce Missouri's uninsured rate by about half. And studies estimate it would save the state roughly a billion dollars by bringing in more federal money and reducing the need for other state health care spending. But when it comes to actually getting people enrolled, some health care advocates say that Missouri is dragging its feet, even by the standards of other Republican-led states. McBride says that processing these applications adds a lot of work for the Department of Social Services, which is already understaffed. McBride expects enrollment will pick up eventually. You know, we're always a little different than every other state. We may just kind of be a little bit slower on this. The state's lack of outreach stands in contrast to states like Louisiana, where state workers actively looked for people to enroll among food stamp recipients. In Missouri, this search has fallen largely to health care nonprofits. But health policy expert Sheldon Weisgrau of the Missouri Foundation for Health says the state is in a better position to do that work. There are people who are known to the state. The state has information about their income, 
but the state is not making a proactive effort to reach out to them and enroll them. Eventually, more people will get enrolled in Medicaid regardless of outreach. A spokesperson for the Missouri Hospital Association said that hospitals will be able to enroll uninsured people who show up for emergency care. And enrollments will also probably increase after the federal COVID-19 public health emergency ends. When that happens in January, Missouri will be allowed to remove people from its Medicaid roles who are no longer eligible, and it's likely that many of them will sign up under expansion. But Weisskraut says this process would happen much faster if the state took an active role. That's what happened in Oklahoma, which also expanded its Medicaid program this summer. Oklahoma then worked to find people currently enrolled in state health care programs that could switch to the expanded roles. Thanks to those efforts, more than 200,000 people have been enrolled in their Medicaid program, and the state is now drawing down more federal money as a result. It really is in the state's best financial interests to get those people moved to a new group as fast as possible. Missouri officials said they would be searching for current Medicaid enrollees who can be switched into the new expanded category, but McBride says this effort appears to have only just gotten started. The Department of Social Services didn't respond to questions about its outreach efforts. For now, spreading the word about Medicaid expansion has fallen to nonprofit workers like Jim Torres. They may very well be eligible for full Medicaid. This is, we're talking doctor visits covered, prescriptions, hospitalization, behavioral health, and dental. So this is really good coverage at virtually no cost. Based on what he's seen so far, Torres says he expects little help from the state in making his pitch. I'm Alex Smith. Alex is a reporter at KCUR in Kansas City. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.